Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. This morning we're going to continue our sermon series, Knowing God. And, uh, and I get to talk about truth. What fun we're going to have here. We could go on for a long time, couldn't we? There's a, there's a question up there in a minute. Uh, what is truth? Right, it's a question asked by Pilate of Jesus. Uh, I'm not sure that he was really after an answer. I think he was just speaking ironically. Because Pilate knew full well that truth wasn't the issue at stake in that moment. There was something else going on. Something that's far from truth. And then I thought, well, maybe we could, uh, we could have a philosophical discussion. We could seek out a definition of truth. Or we could just dig and see just how far that rabbit hole goes. But that's not our purpose this morning. Our purpose is here for a sermon. And I was reading, a, uh, listening to a podcast this week, and the speaker was saying that the purpose of a lecture is to gain information. The purpose of a meditation is to seek enlightenment. But the purpose of a sermon is to encourage God's people to open up their hearts and worship the Lord. That's our purpose this morning. We're going to talk about truth for a little while so that at the end we have the opportunity to open up our hearts to what the Lord wants to do in us and to worship Him. So as we open up the Scriptures this morning... We're going to go to our text in 1 John chapter 4. So those of you who have your Bibles with you, feel free to open up to that. Uh, We'll find that knowing God involves receiving truth, it involves discerning lies, and most importantly, knowing the difference between the two. In the earlier weeks of this series, Dan, Nick and Peter have already mentioned that the Apostle John is writing to the believers in churches located close to the city of Ephesus. John is particularly interested to address the twin problems of false prophets and of heretical teaching. Let's hear what he says. This is uh, 1 John chapter 4, the first six verses. John writes to the people there and says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. 
And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. In this passage, the Apostle John is quite clear in his instruction. There's no doubt about what he's saying. He's saying that we must discern between that which is true and that which is false. And we must do this, he says, because there are many false prophets have gone out into the world. The passing of nearly 2,000 years between when John wrote this letter and this morning when we're reading it has done nothing to diminish the importance of that warning. We do not have to look very far to see the impact of false prophets, do we? There are plenty of peddlers of myth. There are plenty of bearers of half-truths. And there are even those who specialise in the manufacture and the repetition of untruth. The Apostle is not warning us here, though, about any garden-variety conspiracy theory. No. He's writing to a group of believers to warn them about a number of false teachers and prophets travelling between the various church communities. These people are dangerous. But how are they to know the difference? John asks, John's answer is unequivocal. There's no doubt about it. It's as unequivocal as his instruction. He says in verse 2, Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. There's your measuring stick. He's talking about the doctrine of the incarnation. He's talking about how in the fullness of time and according to the purposes of God the Father, God the Son became human in the person of Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful, isn't it? But that's the truth of the matter. There are many beautiful statements in Scripture. However, few of them come close to the way that John spoke about the Incarnation in the first chapter of his Gospel. There he wrote, The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And you've all heard our good friend Peter talk about what that actually means. God came here, pitched his tent in our midst. But we know that the word that John is talking about there, who became flesh, is the very same word who was in the beginning. This word is the very same word who was with God. And this word is the very same word who is God. John says then that this is how we discern the truth. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. That spirit has its source in God. He's saying that we are to believe that teaching because it comes from God and therefore is the truth. He goes on to say, on the other hand though, there's always a counter-argument, isn't it? On the other hand, every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. According to John, Denial of the Incarnation is a sure sign of the spirit of the Antichrist. Or to put it in other words, it's a sure sign of everything that stands opposed to Jesus. 
point is that everything that opposes Jesus is anti-Christ. Of all the heresies that have plagued the Christian church through the centuries, there are none so dangerous as those that deny that God came in the flesh. To be more explicit, those heresies are dangerous precisely because they strike at the orthodox Christian understanding of salvation. And the simplest way of saying that is to paraphrase Athanasius. Athanasius is a third century theologian from Alexandria. And he points out very incisively that Jesus must be fully divine because no human being can offer a sacrifice which is acceptable to God. On the one hand, Jesus must be fully divine. But on the other hand, Jesus must be fully human. Otherwise, he cannot claim to be our representative. So what Athanasius is saying is that simultaneously, Jesus is fully divine and he is fully human. And from that point forward, that has been the orthodox confession of the nature of Christ. So how are we to know the truth of these things? John says... By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God, that's how we know these things. He repeats here, he's just repeating what he heard Jesus say to the group of the, the, the group of the disciples. Remember, Jesus says these words in John's Gospel. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us into all truth. He will not speak on his own. These are not his ideas. He will speak only what he hears. What's he hearing? He's hearing the Father and the Son talk about what they're doing on the earth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So that's our first point. We need to know the Spirit. But we also need to know the Spirit in you. In the first three verses of the passage, John's encouraging his readers to distinguish between hearing from the Spirit of God and hearing from the Spirit of the Antichrist. And he wants them, and he wants us by the way, he wants his hearers to discern between truth and falsehood. Beginning in verse 4, however, John changes tact. And John extends that thought by saying, you are from God. You know that because the Spirit of God is within you. The Spirit of God confirms that you are God's child. And the Spirit of God informs you about your adoption into God's family. So although the first three verses are referring to the doctrine of the Incarnation... Verse 4 is actually talking about adoption into God's family. The apostle here, though, is not constructing a systematic theology. His purpose is pastoral. He's building on theological ideas, though. You see, John's purpose is pastoral because he wants to encourage his believers, that's you and that's me, he wants to encourage us to reject falsehood so that we might live in the light of the truth. Amen? Amen. He reminds his readers in verse 5 then, that the Spirit of God is greater 
than the one who is in the world. The one who is in the world is simply another way of saying the spirit of Antichrist. Remember, we've already said that Antichrist is everything that opposes Christ. That is the one who stands against Jesus. He goes on to say, these other voices are from the world. That's how we know who they are. They're from the world because they speak the world's language. Their purpose is only to tell the world what the world wants to hear. And what the world wants to hear is not the truth. Truth is hard to hear, isn't it? It's often difficult. You see, the problem arises because the truth is often unhelpful. It challenges us and it convicts us. Thus we are reluctant to come into the light of the truth. The promise of God, however, is that All who receive the one who said, I am the way and the truth and the life, all those people who receive him will be set free from all that is false. The truth that will set us free is not an idea. The truth that will set us free is not some intellectual concept. The truth that will set us free is a person person of Jesus Christ, the carpenter from Nazareth, the one who was sent by God the Father. He is the truth. Jesus is the truth and that is the absolute centre of John's gospel. And it's the same message here in his epistle. What he's saying is that you belong to God. You belong to the one who is in you Because the one who is in you speaks the truth. The one in you will help you to overcome the lies of the wicked and those who are deceived. So we know the spirit and we know the spirit in us. But we are also to know who we are. Now it's really interesting here to note the order in which John advances his argument. What do I mean by that? Look at the order in the passage. First, there is the incarnation. Jesus is the truth. Secondly, he's talking about adoption. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we are God's children. And now what he's doing is he's going to draw upon apostolic authority. He says, we are from God. You better listen, guys, because we are from God. His point, of course, is not to draw attention to his own importance, but to redirect our attention to the importance of the message that he brings. And that message is, we are from God, for what reason? For your benefit. We have come to you for your benefit. You would do well, therefore, to listen, because God's people listen. But others who do not know God, the other ones who don't listen. You see, it's clear that John's addressing two issues here. He's speaking about the false teachers and prophets who were the reason for why he wrote the letter in the first instance. He says that those who preach, teach and prophesy falsehood do so because they do not listen to the apostolic teaching or instruction. Therefore, by their actions... 
you shall know that they are not from God. But on the other hand, John is saying God's people do listen. Are you listening? Forgive me, I'm going to ask the question again. Are you listening? I'm not asking whether you're listening to me. I'm not asking that. I'm not that important. All I'm doing is giving voice to the message that the Lord wants to bring in this morning. And I'm exhorting you, I'm begging you to listen to the Lord Jesus. He's the truth. Listen to the Holy Spirit, the one who lives in you, because he lives in you for your benefit. Listen to what the Apostle John has to say because, in his own words, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. So our fourth point then is that we should know who you are. We should know who we are. And this is what the Apostle is saying to us. We should understand The people to whom John wrote were brothers and sisters in Christ. They were followers of the Lord Jesus. And he addressed them as dear friends. And he did so because there's little doubt that the Apostle knew many of the people who were going to be reading this letter. He knew them personally. But he also addresses, that's in in verse 1, he refers to dear friends. In verse 4, he refers to dear children. And he's not being patronising here. He's not speaking down to these people. Nothing could be further from his mind. We've already seen how John draws attention to the way that the Holy Spirit confirms within us that we are God's children. And this is an incredibly important point for John. Because in this one epistle, he mentions that 17 times. 17 times he says that we're God's children in 15 different verses. That must mean that it's important. He goes on to add that God has also provided the means by which we might distinguish... Hang on, I've lost my place. (laughs) He goes on to add that God provided the means by which we might distinguish between those who are from God and those who are not from God. You see, we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, who, according to Jesus, is the Spirit of truth. He is the one who will guide us into all truth. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, therefore, we will be able to discern what is true and what is false. In this way, we are able to discern between what is helpful and edifying from that which will be harmful and destructive for us as individuals and for us as a community. John's whole point is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the one who will help us discern between truth and lies, between the things of God and the false teaching of those who do not come from God and do not know So as we come to an application to a close, we started this morning with the question, what is truth? The question is, what is truth? John's reply is completely unequivocal. He says, Jesus Christ. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus. 
John also requires Holy Spirit. The Spirit indwells believers and is the Spirit of truth. So how do we know what is true? Lean on Jesus Christ. Lean on the Holy Spirit. The two persons of God who are in the world for our benefit. We are right back where we began this morning. Do you remember when we started, I said that the purpose of a sermon is to encourage believers to worship the Lord. What better way then to include by inviting Mia and the rest of the music team to come back to the platform. They're going to help us by leading us in worship of the Lord in song. And as the music team gets ready, allow me to share just one final thought. Our sermon series is Knowing God, and the topic this morning has been truth. I'm going to suggest to you that the truth is this. Jesus Christ is the reason that we're all here. We are his, and he is ours, because he gave himself so that we might be saved. Therefore, it's fitting to finish with his words. This is Jesus' prayer to his Father. He says, Father, would you sanctify them by the truth? Your word is truth. Father, sanctify us as we sing our praises for what you've done and what you are doing through your Son and your Spirit. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.